Chapter Twenty Six of Joshua by George Ebers. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty Six. Early the following morning, the people resumed their march with fresh vigor and renewed courage. But the little spring which, by digging, had at last been forced to flow was completely exhausted. However, its refusal to bestow a supply of water to take with them was of no consequence. They expected to find another well at Alush. The sun had risen in radiant majesty in a cloudless sky. The light showed its awakening power on the hearts of men, and the rocks and the yellow sand of the road sparkled like the blue vault above. The pure, light, spicy air of the desert, cooled by the freshness of the night, expanded the breasts of the wayfarers, and walking became a pleasure. The men showed greater confidence, and the eyes of the women sparkled more brightly than they had done for a long time, for the Lord had again showed the people that he remembered them in their need, and fathers and mothers gazed proudly at the sons who had conquered the foe. Most of the tribes had greeted in the band of prisoners someone who had long been given up as lost, and it was a welcome duty to make amends for the injuries the terrible forced labor had inflicted. There was special rejoicing, not only among the Ephraimites, but everywhere, over the return of Joshua, as all, save the men of the tribe of Judah, now called him, remembering the cheering promise the name conveyed. The youths, who under his command had put the Egyptians to rout, told their relatives what manner of man the son of Nun was, how he thought of everything and assigned to each one the place for which he was best suited. His eye kindled the battle spirit in every one on whom it fell, and the foe retreated at his mere war cry. Those who spoke of old Nun and his grandson also did so with sparkling eyes. The tribe of Ephraim, whose lofty pretensions had been a source of much vexation, was willingly allowed precedence on this march, and only the men of Judah were heard to grumble. Doubtless there was reason for dissatisfaction. For her, the prince of their tribe, and his young wife, walked as if oppressed by a heavy burden. Whoever asked them anything would have been wiser to have chosen another hour. So long as the sun's rays were oblique, there was still a little shadow at the edge of the sandstone rocks, which bordered the road on both sides, or towered aloft in the center. And as the sons of Korah began a song of praise, young and old joined in, and most gladly and gratefully of all, Milcah, now no longer pale, and Reuben, her happy, liberated husband. The children picked up golden-yellow bitter apples, which having fallen from the withered vines, lay by the wayside as if they had dropped from the sky, and brought them to their parents. But they were bitter as gall, and a morose old man of the tribe of Zebulun, who nevertheless kept their firm shells to hold ointment, said, These are a symbol of today. It looks pleasant now, but when the sun mounts higher and we find no water, we shall taste the bitterness. His prediction was verified only too soon, for as the road which, after leaving the sandstone region, began to lead upward through a rocky landscape which resembled walls of red brick and gray stone, grew steeper. The sun rose higher and higher, and the heat of the day hourly increased. Never had the sun sent sharper arrows upon the travelers, and pitiless was their fall upon bare heads and shoulders. 
here an old man yonder a younger one sank prostrate under its scorching blaze or supported by his friends staggered on raving with his hand pressed to his brow like a drunken man the blistered skin peeled from the hands and faces of men and women and there was not one whose palate and tongue were not parched by the heat or whose vigorous strength and newly awakened courage it did not impair the cattle moved forward with drooping heads and dragging feet or rolled on the ground till the shepherd's lash compelled them to summon their failing powers at noon the people were permitted to rest but there was not a hand's breadth of shade where they sought repose whoever lay down in the noonday heat found fresh tortures instead of relief the sufferers themselves urged a fresh start for the spring at alouche hitherto each day after the sun began its course toward the west through the cloudless sky of the desert the heat had diminished and ere the approach of twilight a fresher breeze had fanned the brow but to-day the rocks retained the glow of noonday for many hours until a light breeze blew from the sea at the west at the same time the vanguard which by joshua's orders preceded the travellers halted and the whole train stopped men women and children fixed their eyes and waved hands staves and crutches toward the same spot where the gaze was spellbound by a wondrous spectacle never beheld before a cry of astonishment and admiration echoed from the parched wearied lips which had long since ceased to utter question or answer and it soon rang from rank to rank from tribe to tribe to the very lepers at the end of the procession and the rear guard which followed it one touched another and whispered a name familiar to every one that of the sacred mountain where the lord had promised moses to bring them unto a good land and a large unto a land flowing with milk and honey no one had told the weary travellers yet all knew that for the first time they beheld horeb and the peak of sinai the most sacred summit of this granite range though a mountain it was also the throne of the omnipotent god of their fathers the holy mountain itself seemed at this hour to be on fire like the bush whence he had spoken to his chosen servant its summit divided into seven peaks towered majestically aloft in the distance dominating the heights and valleys far and near glowing before the people like a giant ruby irradiated by the light of a conflagration which was consuming the world no eye had ever beheld a similar spectacle then the sun sank lower and lower till it set in the sea concealed behind the mountains the glowing ruby was transformed into a dark amethyst and at last assumed the deep hue of a violet but the eyes of the people continued to dwell on the sacred scenes as though spellbound nay when the day star had completely disappeared and its reflection builded a long cloud with shining edges their eyes dilated still more for a man of the tribe of benjamin overwhelmed by the grandeur of the spectacle beheld in it the floating gold-bordered mantle of jehovah and the neighbors to whom he showed it believed him and shared his pious excitement this inspiring sight had made the hebrews for a short time forget thirst and weariness but the highest exaltation was soon to be transformed into the deepest discouragement for when night closed in and alush was reached after a short march it appeared that the desert tribe which dwelt there ere striking their tents the day before had filled the brackish water with pebbles and rubbish 
everything fit to drink which had been brought with them had been consumed at dovka and the exhausted spring at the mines had afforded no water to fill the skins thirst not only parched their palates but began to fever their bowels their dry throats refused to receive the solid food of which there was no lack scenes that could not fail to rouse both ruth and anger were seen and heard on all sides here men and women raved and swore wailed and moaned yonder they gave themselves up to dull despair others whose crying children shrieked for water had gone to the choked spring and were quarrelling around a little spot on the ground whence they hoped to collect a few drops of the precious fluid in a shallow dish the cattle too lowed so mournfully and beseechingly that it pierced the shepherds hearts like a reproach few took the trouble to pitch a tent the night was so warm and the sooner they pressed forward the better for moses had promised to join them a few leagues hence he alone could aid it was his duty to protect man and beast from perishing if the god who had promised them such splendid gifts left them to die in the wilderness with their cattle the man to whose guidance they had committed themselves was a cheat and the god whose might and mercy he never ceased extolling was more false and powerless than the idols with heads of human beings and animals to whom they had prayed in egypt threats too were loudly uttered amid curses and blasphemies wherever aaron who had returned to the people appeared and addressed them clenched fists were stretched toward him miriam too by her husband's bidding was compelled to desist from comforting the women with soothing words after a mother whose infant was expiring at her dry breast picked up a stone and others followed her example old nun and his son found more attentive hearers both agreed that joshua must fight no matter in what position moses placed him but her himself led him to the warriors who joyously greeted him both the old man and the younger one understood how to infuse confidence they told them of the well-watered oasis of the amalekites which was not far distant and pointed to the weapons in their hands with which the lord himself had furnished them joshua assured them that they greatly outnumbered the warriors of the desert tribe if the young men bore themselves as bravely as they had done at the copper mines and at dovka with god's aid the victory would be theirs after midnight joshua having taken counsel with the elders ordered the trumpets which summoned the fighting men to be sounded under the bright starry sky he reviewed them divided them into bands gave to each one a fitting leader and impressed upon them the importance of the orders they were to obey they had assembled torpidly half dead with thirst but the new occupation to which their sturdy commander urged them the hope of victory and the great value of the prize a piece of land at the foot of the sacred mountain rich in springs and palm trees wonderfully strengthened their lost energy ephraim was among them animating others by his tireless vigor but when the ex-chief of the egyptians whom the lord had already convinced that he considered him worthy of the aid his name promised adjured them to rely on god's omnipotence his words produced a very different effect from those uttered by aaron whose monitions they had heard daily since their departure when joshua had spoken many youthful lips though parched with thirst shouted enthusiastically hail to the chief you are our captain we will obey no other 
but he now explained gravely and resolutely that the obedience he exacted from them he intended to practice rigidly himself he would willingly take the last place in the ranks if such was the command of moses the stars were still shining brightly in a cloudless sky when the sound of the horns warned the people to set out on their march meanwhile the vanguard had been sent forward to inform moses of the condition of the tribes and after the review was over ephraim followed them during the march joshua kept the warriors together as closely as though an attack might be expected profiting meanwhile by every moment to give the men and their captains instructions for the coming battle to inspect them and range their ranks in closer order thus he kept them and their attention on the alert till the stars paled opposition or complaint was rare among the warriors but the murmurs curses and threats grew all the louder among those who bore no weapons even before the gray dawn of morning the thirsting men whose knees trembled with weakness and who beheld close before their eyes the suffering of their wives and children shouted more and more frequently on to moses we'll stone him when we find him many with loud imprecations and flashing eyes picked up bits of rock along the road and the fury of the multitude at last expressed itself so fiercely and passionately that her took counsel with the well-disposed among the elders and then hurried forward with the fighting men of judah to protect moses in the case of extremity from the rebels by force of arms joshua was commissioned to detain the bands of rioters who amid threats and curses were striving to force their way past the warriors when the sun at last rose with dazzling splendor the march had become a pitiful creeping and tottering onward even the soldiers moved as though they were paralyzed only when the rebels tried to press onward they did their duty and forced them back with swords and lances on both sides of the valley through which the hebrews were passing towered lofty cliffs of gray granite which glittered and flashed marvelously when the slanting sunbeams struck the bits of quartz thickly embedded in the primeval rock at noon the heat could not fail to be scorching again between the bare precipices which in many places jutted very near one another but the coolness of the morning still lingered the cattle at least found some refreshment for many a bush of the juicy fragrant betharin afforded them food and the shepherd lads lifted their short frocks filled the aprons thus made with them and spite of their own exhaustion held them up to the hungry mouths of the animals they had passed an hour in this way when a loud shout of joy suddenly rang out passing from the vanguard through rank after rank till it reached the last roar in the rear no one had heard in words to what event it was due yet every one knew that it was nothing else but the discovery of fresh water ephraim now returned to confirm the tidings and what an effect it produced upon the discouraged hearts they straightened their bent figures and struggled onward with redoubled speed as if they had already drained the water jar in long draughts the bands of fighting men put no farther obstacles in their way and joyously greeted those who crowded past them but the swiftly flowing throng was soon damned for the spot which afforded refreshment detained the front ranks which blocked the whole procession as thoroughly as a wall or moat the multitude became a mighty mob that filled the valley at last men and women with joyous faces appeared bearing full jars and pails in their hands and on their heads 
beckoning gaily to their friends, shouting words of cheer, and trying to force their way through the crowd to their relatives, but many had the precious liquid torn from them by force, ere they reached their destination. Joshua and his band had forced their way to the vicinity of the spring, to maintain order among the greedy drawers of water, but they were obliged to have patience for a time, for the strong men of the tribe of Judah, with whom Hur had led the way in advance of all the rest, were still swinging their axes and straining at the levers, hastily prepared from the trunks of the thorny acacias, to move huge blocks out of the way, and widen the passage to the flow of water that was gushing from several clefts in the rock. At first the spring had lost itself in a heap of moss-covered granite blocks, and afterwards in the earth, but now the overflow and trickling away of the precious fluid had been stopped, and a reservoir formed whence the cattle also could drink. Whoever had already succeeded in filling a jar had obtained the water from the overflow, which had escaped through the quickly made dam. Now the men appointed to guard the camp were keeping every one back to give the water in the large new reservoir into which it flowed in surprising abundance, time to grow clear. In the presence of the gift of God, for which they had so passionately shouted, it was easy to be patient. They had discovered the treasure, and only needed to preserve it. No word of discontent, murmuring or reviling was heard. Nay, many looked with shame and humiliation at the new gift of the Most High. Loud, gladsome shouts and words echoed from the distance, but the man of God, who knew better than anyone else the valleys and rocks, pastures and springs of the Horeb region, and had again obtained so great a blessing for the people, had retired into a neighboring ravine. He was seeking refuge from the thanks and greetings which rose with increasing enthusiasm from ever-widening circles, and above all, peace and calmness for his own deeply agitated soul. Soon fervent hymns of praise to the Lord sounded from the midst of the refreshed, reinvigorated bands overflowing with ardent gratitude, who had never encamped richer in hope and joyous confidence. Songs, merry laughter, jests and glad shouts accompanied the pitching of every tent, and the camp sprung up as quickly as if it had been conjured from the earth by some magic spell. The eyes of the young men sparkled with eagerness for the fray, and many a head of cattle was slaughtered to make the meal a festal banquet. Mothers, who had done their duty in the camp, leading their children by the hand, went to the spring and showed them the spot where Moses's staff had pointed out to his people the water gushing from the clefts in the granite. Many men also stood with hands and eyes uplifted around the place where Jehovah had shown himself so merciful to his people. Among them, many a rebel who had stooped for a bit of rock, with which he meant to stone the trusted servant of God. No one doubted that a new and great miracle had been performed. Old people enjoined the young never to forget this day and this drink, and a grandmother sprinkled her grandchildren's brows at the edge of the spring with water to secure for them divine protection throughout their future lives. Hope, gratitude, and warm confidence reigned wherever the gaze was turned. Even fear of the warlike sons of Amalek had vanished, for what evil could befall those who trusted to the favor of such an omnipotent defender? One tent alone, the stateliest of all, that of the prince of the tribe of Judah, did not share the joy of the others. Miriam sat alone among her women, 
after having silently served the meal to the men who were overflowing with grateful enthusiasm she had learned from reuben milcah's husband that moses had given to joshua in the presence of all the elders the office of commander-in-chief her her husband she had heard farther had joyfully yielded the guidance of the warriors to the son of nun this time the prophetess had held aloof from the people's hymns of praise when milcah and her women had urged her to accompany them to the spring she had commanded the petitioners to go alone she was expecting her husband and wished to greet him alone she must show him that she desired his forgiveness but he did not return home for after the council of the elders had separated he helped the new commander to marshal the soldiers and did so as an assistant subordinate to hosea who owed to her his summons and the name of joshua her servants who had returned were now drawing threads from the distaff but this humble toil was distasteful to her and while she let her hands rest and gazed idly into vacancy the hours dragged slowly along while she felt her resolution of meekly approaching her husband become weaker and weaker she longed to pray for strength to bow before the man who was her lord and master but the prophetess who was accustomed to fervent pleading could not find inspiration whenever she succeeded in collecting her thoughts and uplifting her heart she was disturbed each fresh report that reached her from the camp increased her displeasure when evening at last closed in a messenger arrived and told her not to prepare the supper which however had long stood ready her his son and grandson had accepted the invitation of nun and joshua it was a hard task for her to restrain her tears but had she permitted them to flow uncontrolled they would have been those of wrath and insulted womanly dignity not of grief and longing during the hours of the evening watch soldiers marched past and from troop after troop cheers for joshua reached her even when the words strong and steadfast were heard they recalled the man who had once been dear to her and whom now she freely admitted it she hated the men of his own tribe only had honored her husband with a cheer was this fitting gratitude for the generosity with which he had divested himself for the sake of the younger man of a dignity that belonged to him alone to see her husband thus slighted pierced her to the heart and caused her more pain than hers leaving her his newly wedded wife to solitude the supper before the tent of the ephraimites lasted a long time miriam sent her women to rest before midnight and lay down to await hers return and to confess to him all that had wounded and angered her everything for which she longed she thought it would be an easy matter to keep awake while suffering such mental anguish but the great fatigues and excitements of the last few days asserted their rights and in the midst of a prayer for humility and her husband's love sleep overpowered her at last at the time of the first morning watch just as day was dawning the sound of trumpets announcing peril close at hand startled her from sleep she rose hurriedly and glancing at her husband's couch found it empty but it had been used and on the sandy soil for mats had been spread only in the living-room of the tent she saw close beside her own bed the prints of hers footsteps so he had stood close by it and perhaps while she was sleeping gazed yearningly into her face ay this had really happened 
her old female slave told her so unasked after she had roused her she had seen him hold the light cautiously so that it illumined miriam's face and then stooped over her a long time as if to kiss her this was good news and so rejoiced the solitary woman that she forgot the formality which was peculiar to her and pressed her lips to the wrinkled brow of the crooked little crone who had served her parents then she had her hair arranged donned the light blue festal robe her had given her and hurried out to bid him farewell meanwhile the troops had formed in battle array the tents were being struck and for a long time miriam vainly sought her husband at last she found him but he was engaged in earnest conversation with joshua and when she saw the latter a chill ran through the prophetess's blood and she could not bring herself to approach the men End of chapter 26